Welcome to Lighthouse 805 Church's podcast as we start our new series, Your Turn Now. Good morning. Thanks for coming to church today. It's, it is a good day. It it's, feels like it's actual winter now, even though we're kind of getting past winter. Uh, it's nice and chilly. Uh, we're starting a new sermon series. Uh, thanks for listening to our podcast also, if you're listening online right now. But we're starting a new series called Your Turn Now, as you can see on the stage. This might be our tallest sermon series stage decor. Um, I think the Disneyland beat it on width, but I, I like it. It's, it's little Scrabble tiles, and, and throughout the series, we're going to add a little bit more as we go. But the whole, the whole theme about this, this sermon series is it's board games connecting spiritual disciplines to our life. And today, how many people have played the, game, the board game Life? Have you ever played that before? It's a pretty like iconic, like it goes back several years. Um, the interesting thing about Life is it's a little bit different than like Shoots and Ladders or other games where you're really just drawing cards and it's predetermined because there's no randomness, right? Life is the actual game where you have to make serious decisions and it impacts how you end your destination, right? What's interesting about the board game of life is the end is what's the most important part, where you cross. That is the most important facet of the entire game, but it's easy to get distracted along the way. It's like, oh, I can go down this path, or I could do this, or I can get some kids along the way, and I could do this, and I can go to college here, and there's all these decisions that actually kind of sidetrack us from the end destination in the board game of life. It's like, oh, I can do this, and I can do that, and, and it's really interesting and the board game of life really, really illustrates what worship is to us. See, worship, it's all about the end goal of God. We are worshiping God. But there are so many things that can happen along the way that can sidetrack us and derail us and, go, and kind of take us away from what our end goal actually is. Worship is very interesting. Uh, Oh, I almost jumped into my second point. I can't skip ahead. I do that so many times. <laughs> Human beings can't help but to assign ultimate value and worth to someone or something. That doesn't mean everyone worships God. You know what we are devoted to actually shapes our lives? The things that we're most devoted to, most taken in, most... Uh, valued in our entire lives is really what shapes us as human beings because we worship that in a sense. And, and please don't mistake what worship is just by being instruments and singing out loud. That's, that's not where I'm getting at. Worship is what we are devoted to and we lift up on a pedestal. It's, it's what we adore. It's what we look at. It's what we think about. It's what we obsess about. It's all of that. That's what the biblical definition of worship is. It's what's on our mind all the time. It's kind, of, it's kind of weird to think about that as a definition because there's some times that I'll be thinking about stressors in my life way more than I do about God in those moments. I'll be thinking about the finances over and over and over, and that, that becomes a worship of money. I'll be thinking about family situations of, oh, this and this and this, and that, that becomes a worship moment. It's actually what God calls out as idolatry when we lift something else above worshiping God. Only a love relationship with God can satisfy our core longings. In worship, 
we fall into the arms of God and say, have your way with me. That's what worship really is. It's saying, God, I am going to obsess about you and whatever you speak to me about, whatever you proclaim over my life, whatever you say to me, I am going to listen and obey. That's what worship is. And, and today, we're going to be going through three practical applications of doing worship. Very different ways. And at the end of the service, I'm, I'm excited because we're actually going to break into three groups and talk about what's, what is a practical way we're going to do this. And, and we're going to jump into that in a little bit. But the first one is rule for life. Number one, rule for life. Another way of stating this is rhythm for life. So have you ever seen an Olympic runner? Have you ever watched the Olympics and seen someone just like, like Usain Bolt just tear down the path, right? And then let's go ahead and compare him to me, okay? You don't have to laugh. Like, that. come on, guys, let's not, right? If we're standing side by side, there's, there's, a, there's a core difference in our running ability, right? Right? A little bit, just a little bit. You know, I might just come like just a hair behind him, but that's okay. Like, I'll let him win. But the big difference is he has built a rhythm of life of running. There is a rhythm built in. His everyday practice is about running. There's, there's all these rhythms and rules that he dives into so he can have one singular focus. For me, I am a chaotic exerciser, meaning I will do it maybe if the time happens once a year, okay? <laughs> that is, that's my exercise, right? It's very different. I don't have the rhythm of exercise built in my life, and I'm going to try this year. Hopefully, I told my wife that. I'm like, I'm going to do it this year, and she looked at me, oh, okay. <laughs> 13 years, maybe one of the years we'll do it. Uh, Nikita, can you turn down the heater just a little bit? Thanks. By developing a rhythm or rule for life, we allow God to speak to how we are uniquely built, by saying, God, I want to have a rhythm of life. I want to have a, a rule for my life. I want to open up my life to have this like rhythm with you. It allows God to speak to us uniquely rather than just say, oh, all people should just not murder. Okay, great. That's a great Ten Commandment. All people should not do this and do that. No, we develop these, these unique rules that work for us uniquely where when we fall in that rhythm, God will speak to us. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, they committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. There was a group of believers in this one city who decided our rule for life, our rhythm for life, is we're going to get together daily and have dinner and speak about God. That became the rhythm of life because that's how they functioned. That's not a blueprint for saying we should all be doing this. We'll all come together and have a meal every single day and we're going to cancel all of our appointments and forget about work and we're going to do this. That doesn't work for us because that's not how we are uniquely built right now. A rhythm for life is saying this is how I'm built and I'm choosing to listen to God and build this rule for my life and I'm going to fall in place with it. So some of the 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 fruits, if you will, the benefits of having a rhythm for life is A, deep down change. When we say, I'm going to commit to this one thing every single day, all of a sudden we start becoming an expert in it. We say, God, I'm going to choose this rule for my life, and I'm going to set forth, and I'm going to do it every single day for a year. Have you ever, have you ever done the same thing for a long period of time? 
like practice the same thing? Better, better yet, have you ever seen a child start a sport and like they're all sorts of a hot mess, but then they go through like the entire daily summer practice and they come out at the end of it and they're like, wow, you've improved so much. You know, have you ever seen that same child all of a sudden do that same sport year after year after year or that pick up that one instrument year after year after year? It's night and day from when they're at now from when they first started, right? Where it's like, I love you. Yes, you're doing okay. <laughs> to, wow, I'm impressed. My child can do that? It's, it's an awe-inspiring thing because there's a rhythm built in. And we have these rules for our life built in. We partner with the Holy Spirit and we can see this deep down change occur in our life. B, another fruit is freedom. Freedom. We fall into this rest and freedom to not do it all. Do you know we have a, a rule for our life set in place to say this is, this is what I'm committing to every single day? All of a sudden, it allows us to know when to say yes and when to say no. Have you ever had an issue saying no, and all of a sudden you realize you are just so overwhelmed and you just don't even sleep anymore? And you're like, I have, I have no time because I don't know how to say no. Building a rule for your life allows you to understand, oh, this is against my rule that the Holy Spirit spoke in my life. I can say no to this because God's saying no. And all of a sudden, you don't have to take the, the awkward feeling of, oh, this is against me. And it's, it's like, no, that's on God. God put this in my life, and it's against what he's saying right now. And then C, pacing. Pacing. We, we have this flow, this rhythm that we can get into. Have you, ever, um, have you ever gotten a little more serious about running rather than just like, I'm going to run and then I feel awful, I'm not going to do that again? But you start, you start getting into running, and there's this, runners have this pace where they get into this rhythm where it's like, Doof. And they actually listen to music that are on the same beat to keep them in the exact same pace because they know they can finish the race without being burnt out in injury. Likewise, when we have a rule for our life, we get into this pace with God where we won't have injury, we won't have burnout, we won't have frustration because we know when to say yes, we know when to say no, and we get this rhythm going. Rhythm for life. We're gonna, I, I just want to help you understand, I'm just giving a, a fruit, some things that you'll find from these spiritual disciplines. I'm not instructing how to do it. That's later in the message, okay? So if you're like, um, you just told me these things, I want this in my life, great. That's at the end of the message. Number two, another spiritual discipline for worship is visio divina. Visio divina. Um, one of my favorite, like, old school books then became a cartoon then was like a mouse detective and then it became like a movie with um, Iron Man is Sherlock Holmes um, I absolutely love this character it is so fascinating because Sherlock Holmes will walk into a room and it's like the slow motion effects you know it's like shh, 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 and he could put together an entire scene from all these little tiny details from the environment he's in right it's really fascinating it's like he'll look at like a little screw on the wall and then a hair over here and then the trash can's out of place and he's like, Professor Plum obviously did it with a wrench. You know, it's like, how did you get that? <laughs> it's, it's this concept, 
Visio Divina is like the same thing in our seasons. When we walk into a season and we pick up small details, these visual things all around us, and we put together the scene of what God is speaking to us about right now. It's visualizing the environment we're in and understanding what God is speaking to us. Those moments when you, you have a tough day at work and you're just frustrated, and all of a sudden you'll look at like this broken branch on the side of the road and you'll just start crying because you're like, God's, God's speaking to me right now because the branch is broken. I feel broken, but it still has new life in it. You know, and you're like, what just happened? That's, that's, visio, that's visio divina. It's taking in your environment and allowing God to speak to you about something so abstract, but you get it. Psalms 19.1 says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. There's endless amounts of verses where God actually says, I wrote my creation into the environment. Who I am is all around you. If we would just open our eyes where we're at, God is speaking all the time. It's this visual intake. We can see him, we can hear him no matter what. I love it. It's the best when you're just going abstractly around and all of a sudden you just see something and God's speaking to you and you have that ugly face cry and you're like, don't talk to me. You know, I love those moments. So some of the fruits from Visio Divina is A, seasonal appreciation. I think for me, um, moving from season to season was kind of rough because all of a sudden you're like in a really good one and you don't want to leave and it gets comfortable. And then you're a bad one and you're like, get me out of here now. <laughs> I pull the ripcord, I'm out, I quit, it's over, out. Visio Divina allows you to actually have appreciation where you're at. If it's a tough season, God's speaking to me, I've got to learn. If it's a good season, take it as a blessing. God's comfort is for real. His joy is great. B, another fruit is gratitude. All areas of your life will turn hardships into gratitude moments. You have this appreciation when when someone's angry at you, rather than just being angry back, just saying, man, that's an opportunity for a believer. That's an opportunity for a seed to be planted. All of a sudden, we, we have these gratitude moments. God, I am thankful that you are speaking to me right now. We, we can change the hard attitudes around into being grateful. I am so happy I am in this season of hurt because I am able to speak to these other people about blah, blah, blah. I love it. It's these moments where when we're sick, how can I turn this around for God? I'm gonna be grateful for this opportunity, God. When, when, I'm, when I'm out here and God blesses me, how, how can I be grateful to God in this moment? We have these, these fruit of gratitude. And then see another, another fruit is heart of worship. Heart of worship. With Visio Divina, every single place you go, it's a worship moment. When you're walking, when you're driving on a freeway and you look over and you see something, how am I worshiping God? What am I pulling out of that? It's this moment where you're always reflecting of what is God speaking to me about and it turns to these worship moments. It's not, I'm gonna save up my worship till Sunday, I'm gonna let it loose and then I'll wait another week. That's not how it works. 
Visio Divina is this 24-7, I'm walking in a room, and how is God speaking to me about? It's the Sherlock Holmes moment we have. And number three, I think this one's obvious, worship. And the worship to God, spiritual disciplines, worship. Worship. Have, have you ever seen a child that's obsessed with like one stuffed animal or like a blanket or like um, a something? And it might just get so ratty, so dirty, so nasty, like their slobbers on it, their food is on it. It's just disgusting. It's just, ugh. But they are in love with it, right? They can't sleep at night if they don't have it. You will go out of your mind looking for this. I heard a story once where um, a, a, mom, a mom's daughter had, I think it was a giraffe or something, and they were going, to, um, going up north, and they were coming back, and it fell out the window on a freeway. And she was like, oh, no. We are not finishing this road trip without her loving. And they, they swerved over, and they went tracking on the freeway trying to find this animal. It was so dirty, so nasty on the side of the freeway. They found it, a couple cars rode over it, and the child accepted it back for the rest of the trip. They washed it really good when they got home. It's so gross. I, I'm, I'm in firm belief that every single human being is built, has this built-in innate worship factor. That, that, that alone is worship having one thing that you are obsessed with. You have an adoration that you will take with you everywhere you go nonstop. You can't sleep without it. It's the first thing you hold in the morning when you wake up. That is the definition of worship. Saying, God, I will worship you. You are the one thing in my life I will carry with me everywhere I go. I lift you up. I will worship you. And at some point, that child grows up and starts placing other things on the pedestal, right? Oh, this is really important to me. Oh, now it's out. Oh, this is really important to me, and now it's out. But nothing ever fills that gap. It's really weird. It's this, this soul craving that God puts in our heart. And we're like, oh, maybe this will make fulfillment in my life. No, oh, maybe this will make fulfillment. And we have one pedestal, and we try to cycle one thing on top of another, and it doesn't fulfill our godly needs, because God built that soul craving to worship him. He is the only one that will fulfill our need, and he's the only one that can fit on that pedestal. Not another person, not another thing, none of the lovey. And it's crazy. It's so weird to look at. Every single child has something like that. They all go through that phase, all of them. And the, it, it blows my mind. No one's ever taught them that. They're too young to understand that concept but it's built into their DNA. And we never lose that the rest of our lives. We might try to hide it, but something is always trying to go on that pedestal and it needs to be Jesus. It's what we obsess about daily. And a, lot, a lot of times for adults, the obsession turns from something we adore and love to something that we obsess over from hurt or nervousness or anxiety. 
Luke chapter 4, verse 8 says, Worship the Lord your God and only the Lord your God. Serve him with absolute single-heartedness. God is the only one that could fit on that pedestal. So, the, the three fruits. A, keeping company with God. Through thick and thin, you will have God's company. You won't, you won't feel alone. One of the fruits of worship is you just have God with you all the time. You know what's kind of funny is like when I brought up the little love you, the stuffed animal, the blanket, most of us in the room instantly knew what that was when we were a child, right? How many people, can, can we do a raise hand? How many people like still have that or they know where that's at? Like, oh my gosh. That's funny. Some people are like, yes. <laughs> We're, we're able to keep company with God. B, we can fulfill God-given longing. When we're worshiping God, one of the fruits is we're able to know I am placing God on this pedestal. We have this cognitive realization that God is on the pedestal and that soul craving is satisfied. That's one of the fruits. And see, heart and mind are full. We will be filled with the mystery and wonder that is God. There's something about when we worship God, we just genuinely worship God. When we put him on the pedestal and we're just have him all day, all night, there, there is just this mystery he starts speaking to us about. We start having understanding in our lives. Things that we had questions about, worries about, just start fading away. God reveals what he's speaking to us about. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to break into three different groups. There are the three different items, the three different things we talked about. And what I want you to decide right now is choose one of these spiritual disciplines to do this week. Electio Divina, if you're going to worship, if you're going to, you know, have a rhythm for life. Maybe one of the fruits spoke out to you and you're like, I need that in my life. What, what we're going to do, break into three groups. There's going to be uh, one of the pastors in each group, and they're going to share a story of how they practiced it. And then they're going to give you a bookmark that will have some more instructions, definitions, what it is versus scripture, reflection questions, and how to do it. Okay? It's just a short moment. You can get some instruction. And I, I really want to challenge you. Commit to doing one this week. All right? You'll have the tools you need. And if you're listening on the podcast, um, you can go to our website, lighthouse805.com, find the corresponding podcast. Lord, help us commit to remembering to worship you this week. Lord, empower us, remind us, speak to us in a new way, a, a, a bigger way, a mighty way, that we would hear you and worship you at a greater um, depth this week. Lord, we are committing to practicing a spiritual discipline. Lord, I, I even pray just with audacity that it wouldn't just be this week, but we'd fall so in love with worshiping you with this, this new spiritual discipline, this new spiritual item that we would continue to do it weekly, daily, all through, all the time. Lord, we want to put you on the pedestal that you belong on. Lord, let us fulfill that soul craving to worship you. In your mighty name.
Amen. Thank you so much for checking out Lighthouse 805 Church's podcast. If you have a prayer request or need someone to talk to, please check out lighthouse805.com. Have a great day.